I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. Very warm welcome back to Outer Travel and in a journey today on an orgasmic one. <laughs> we are back in the house with Amanda Rose, uh, which we spoke to before around her journey into becoming an educator on the different personalities that we have around sex and how we ease through that or how we misunderstand each other's and very much uh, we felt we had to have a little add-on to the show a more insightful thing. <laughs> Hello Amanda how are you today? I'm great thank you for having me. Yeah I'm so happy to come back because our little conversation left really also a little river that trickled through my mind and through my body and through looking at my day-to-day -day kind of interactions that's what influenced our conversation like am I really you know experiencing life or am I awaiting something like am I waiting to be served you know <laughs> and I think that's what we talked about between the lines, you know, that we all have expectations of being served in the sexual encounters and that then the, the partner can only get a thumbs up, thumbs down scenario and, and that can, we might miss out on so many opportunities of meeting someone. Yeah, isn't that the case? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think yeah. also it comes to me also around the idea of pleasure, like pleasure coming from within versus pleasure coming from without. Like we, we seek pleasure from external things. We mm. seek pleasure from our lover or from an expensive meal, or, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to bring things from the outside world in to bring us pleasure, as opposed yeah. to the fountain of pleasure comes from within. How can we feed yeah. that and bring it up and out to the world? Yeah. And then we, we talk about you, you talked about this as somebody who hasn't listened to the show. Can you just briefly give an on take you coming from a system that you're educating slash coaching to help people to realize their internal pleasure? Can you just briefly mention the system again and the different? Yeah. Uh, so the system, it's um, like a typing system for arousal, sort of like the love languages, but for sex. So it's called mm -hmm. the erotic blueprints. And it's a way of kind of mapping out your unique system of turn on. So some people like a lot of space. Some people like a lot of closeness. Some people want quick and direct action. Some people want prolonged, um, you know, mm -hmm. eye gazing and massage. I mean, there's so many things. And I think we tend to think and this is just a human thing, right? We, send, we see the world from our own eyes and we imagine that everybody else sees the world the same way. Yeah. And it's hard to step into somebody else's perspective. Yeah. And so I think that happens a lot with sex. We think sex feels like this for me. Sex 
this is what I want out of sex. This is obviously what everybody else wants and feels too. And the blueprints help us to understand, oh, this person might feel this way and this person might feel this way. So perceived incompatibility is actually just a matter of maybe speaking a different language than your partner. Yeah. And um, it's, it's so difficult. And we go out and hunt for the information when you talk about that, that we all have different ideas around sex you can see that you know in sex educations wherever you go i mean what what are we being taught we've been we are being taught not even techniques that that's the worst thing it's it's just like you know make sure you don't do anything wrong because it could end up in disaster disease early pregnancies whatever it is you know and so there is a lot of um what you call it um not um, emasculation and e i don't even know how you would say that for for women you know we're taking away a lot what we instinctively actually know and then we tend to books and maybe we're lucky and we find the right books i mean i was so lucky when i was in my 20s i had no idea what i was doing with my boyfriend to be honest you know, <laughs> you know like, and I, I, you know kudos who who did at the time and then i i really went out because my boyfriend and i we are bookworms and or back then you know with that boyfriend and i bought a sex book and then it was such a big bible and it was oh, oh my god you know and how do i get my boyfriend to do this you know I'm reading it but he's not reading it and that's a whole conundrum there is so little communication because it's such a we want to perform and we want to impress status around that right yeah. yeah and I think the gender roles that I grew up with it seems like women were taught that they weren't supposed to know anything about sex or you know they were supposed to sort of be virginal even if they weren't you know and they they were yeah. supposed to sort of let let the men do everything <clears throat> so it's almost like the women weren't supposed to know anything about sex and the men were supposed to know everything but men didn't know everything and so we wound up with these situations where women were just trying to be pleasing and yeah. and the men were trying to produce orgasms and nobody was happy you know? Yeah, and no, uh, and nobody was happy, truly so. And here comes the very thought that I had in the middle of the show, and then I didn't dare to say it, and that's also why we're back here today. And it's that idea of um, when you meet somebody who doesn't, you know, caution or let your kid listen to this. <laughs> I don't know whether I need to say. But, you know, if, if somebody doesn't ejaculate, because some men these days, you know, who grow up on a yogic path or men get more and more aware of the power that an orgasm holds. And so they decide to withdraw it for their own benefits, you know, like so they can um, get there. And then when you meet these kind of men and have sex with them, then it's very much a strange play if you know that you want to please the other person. And the only way you know you please that person is when they had an orgasm. That's why women fake as well. And yeah, what, what, is your, what are your insights on that? Or what is it that you kind of learned about it in that sex education? <laughs> I mean, the first thing that really pops to my mind is it, there's so much focus on orgasm as the, the ultimate goal. And, and we can get so fixated on that in our heads that we, we miss the rest of what's going on. 
So oftentimes, if there's a client who is struggling with orgasm performance in some kind of way, we just take the orgasm off the table. And the mm. home play assignment is make love with your partner for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour. No orgasms allowed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so you could say no orgasms allowed, and that gets you, you know, you can get close to the orgasm and you don't get to have it. That builds up some tease and then perhaps an explosive orgasm or you could just take the goal of orgasm off the table so if it happens wonderful but you you take some time to play with your partner bring your partner pleasure be pleasured by your partner without orgasm as the goal and just that very simple thing can produce so much freedom for people I mean I've done Mm -hmm. it in my own relationship even mm. with like oral sex, you know, we'll play, mm. I want to give you, I want to give for five minutes and then mm. I want to receive for five minutes. And we just mm. go back and forth and it's just playing with what's the energy of giving? Mm. What's the energy of receiving? How can I mm. settle more deeply into this? And when you take the goal off the table, there's all this pressure that goes away. And I've had better orgasms playing that way than when I, when we're, you know, going for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think we're not aware of what different levels of orgasm the body can produce. We only know the heart, you know, like I assume everybody just knows the one that we can see in movies, you know, or in porn or whatever. It's like, oh, oh, oh the woman and, you know, the men. <laughs> so, right. so, and there's ejaculation and then we know yes, it's done. And, yeah, and it, it has to sound like that and it's, and it's, one of the scenarios yeah but not every scenario is like that you can just you know have different forms of vibration going through through you at least that's my experience you know and they can be orgasmic but we don't feel they're that because they haven't been labeled orgasms on the outside right and we often attach the orgasm to our genitals so we think it's only an orgasm if it comes from our genitals but our whole like our skin can be orgasmic right i mean Mm -hmm. very light touch all over your body can create huge energetic waves which i consider orgasmic Mm. you know i i feel like you can have Sometimes we, we, for fun in a group, will list out like, what are all the kinds of orgasms you can have? Oh, and people come up very creative. I can have an orgasm from crying. I can have an orgasm from sneezing. An orgasm mm. essentially is like, it's like a release after a contraction, mm. you know? Why do you think there is so much shame around the whole orgasm thing? I think if... If I were just to say off the top of my head, I think it's because at the point of orgasm and right after we are so vulnerable. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like mm. you, are, you are opened up. You, it's like you're a naked baby all of a sudden. You don't have control over your face. You don't have control over your body and you're being witnessed mm. perhaps in that. And, and when you're being witnessed and feeling vulnerable, that can often just trigger old shame to come up so maybe the shame isn't attached to orgasm but it's just the shame that lives in your body and when you open yourself up and to be seen maybe some of that gets triggered yeah and i love what you said and it really connects right there with me and also then hearing other people talk about that makes us more responsible for responsible listening for responsible being like allowing the other person to be a person and not just maybe a role model like I 
you know, when, when kids say that, or we see that in a lot of movies again, you know, where people then say like, I don't want to know about my, my parents' orgasms and sexual life. It, it's because they're up there, you know, in a role and nicely packaged and we've attached all our whatever, you know, to it. And, and then we don't want to see them vulnerable and we don't want to see them. And once we start with that, then we can't see them dying because that makes us more vulnerable because they are now vulnerable, you know. So all these, these conversations I'm having lately, you know, including with you are around really death and life, you know, like that extreme form. And yeah, yeah, I could have a goosebump or orgasm, right? <laughs> I mean, I took a soak in a in a beautiful tub yesterday with Epsom salt and a little bag that had coconut and cocoa powder and essential oils in it. And it was the most amazing sensual experience, the warm water and the smells. And then I had strawberries. And I was eating a strawberry in this like chocolate bath. And I was just like, this is orgasmic. <laughs> All of my senses are fully alive and it didn't have anything yeah. to do with my genitals, but it felt, I mean, I felt expanded. I felt you know yeah three. it's it's that gap i had this conversation with some somebody it's like when do you know i don't know who i had it with but there was this this understanding that we do get an ontake of you know how how rich the world is and how rich uh, rich our lives are At the moment we don't think and it might be somebody says something and you you haven't all your fences up and it really reaches you and then you kind of it hits you and isn't that what orgasm is as well it's almost that defenseless trying to come to a place of union with what is right or yeah yeah, yeah it's like that moment of orgasm you are one with everything right there's no boundaries your skin doesn't exist you're just energy in energy yeah and that's what you, i think that's what you're trying to describe because when you say these things about you lying in the bathtub you know and it sounds all very sensual and the strawberry and so on and then you said and that was my orgasm i'm still you know internally i'm wondering was there a sign of orgasm you know like even we're having this conversation we're i'm so tuned into this you probably didn't scream in the bath <laughs> nor did you you know like but what is it then when we can say this is an orgasm and you hinted at that last time in the first conversation about like when your friends say but everything isn't just pleasure you know not everything is pleasure can you talk a little bit around that with me yeah I think, and again, it sort of comes down to semantics. Like we think of an orgasm as this thing that happens down here and is recognizable, right? We make certain movements and sounds and faces. And when I think of something as being orgasmic, it's not necessarily that it creates a quote unquote clitoral orgasm or G-spot orgasm in my genitals, but mm. it's more something that allows me to feel almost like the after effects of the orgasm, like that feeling you get when you, it's like you, you're contracted and then poof, you expand. And then that sort of refractory afterglow is one of feeling just very connected, very open, almost like you don't know where mm -hmm. your 
where your body ends and the rest of the world begins. And that's, it's like a feeling of expansion. And I associate that feeling of expansion with, with being fully, fully present and alive. So whatever is happening in my environment, if I'm fully present and really consciously alive and feeling what's happening in my body and what's happening around me, that to me feels orgasmic. It feels like I'm fully expanded, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in the bath, for example, eating the strawberry, it's like I'm having, it's like the orgasm feeling that we normally associate in our genitals, but it's happening throughout my whole body. Like I can mm -hmm. feel it in my, and it's not like boom, boom, boom. It's much more subtle. It's just like a lifting and it's just like, wow, all of my senses are engaged right now. I am tasting, I am seeing, I'm hearing, I'm smelling, I'm fully aware of my body. And, and that's, I keep talking about pleasurable things, but to answer your question about not everything can be pleasurable, I have had the same experience where I've just been doing like a pleasure practice or a meditation practice or something quietly by myself and feeling negative and like I don't even like to use that word but strong emotion coming up like crying or mm. basically sadness or fear mm. or the two mm. that arise for me and when I feel those things come up my in this initial instinct is always to stop I don't want to feel those things and I put them aside or run away but when I'm able to actually enter into the experience of the emotion and I let it take over my body, maybe I'm sad. So I cry and I cry mm -hmm. and I just cry as much as I need to cry. I don't even know what I'm crying about, but the, the action is happening, the energy is flowing. And then when I get through the crying, it's almost like an orgasm because all of a sudden it's like space opens up. I'm peaceful, mm -hmm. I'm connected. And mm -hmm. it feels almost like, you do after an orgasm so it's like yeah but just with my body allows me to get into an orgasmic state but that's the point and i think that's why i also asked you whether this is a tantric practice because a lot of people are misguided in believing that tantra is exactly that it's rotating around you know somebody's vagina or you know holding the penis in a certain way or sitting on top of each other or just rocking with each other to have that but it's you know that's kind of just a meltdown form that we that kind of dialed into the Caucasian market I think but the original tantric version of that was that experience that you just so well described you know just really go into that um emotion you know or just really be present to that without judgment and to come out in a bigger space um and yeah, is that was mantra, aren't there the the i might be missed the tattvas yes and that's like and there are a certain number and it's like excreting is a tattva breathing is a tattva right and so you can have a practice of concentrating on any one of those or all of those um yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm no expert and I'm having an expert coming onto the show, but um, I, I do study with somebody tantra, tantric movement and it's really opening up. And that, that is another question that I was left with after our conversation 
It was um, the way you described it initially when you said something was missing in my life and you you kind of boiled it down to, you know, a, a better sexual connection, you know, or what did you say? I don't want to misquote now, but... Um, remember exactly you can miss yeah. me okay. i wanted better sex i think i wanted more better and better sex. Yeah. you wanted more and better sex and i often think and here is again you know i think what i think everybody thinks um but that a lot of people when they know they're missing something in their lives you know they, they might have found money they might have found a good relationship that whatever it is and they're still noticing something is missing they turn to god you know and i found it so interesting that you said this bit you know so but at the end of the story you end up on the same vibe as i do you know because god is nothing else than just vibration to me and so yeah maybe you you can say something to this yeah it's funny that you say that because i wasn't raised in a with any religion or spirituality my my idea of God came all from books and stories. So it's not a place that I turn when I am missing something. And so it's funny that I, I turn to sex, but sex is God, right? I mean, sex is creation. It's, <laughs> so it's my version of God, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was feeling so much, I was diving so deep into understanding my own body and, and I could understand my digestion and my breathing and my heart and my blood and all of those things, but not my, the whole sexual chunk was missing. You know, my sex education was all like yours. It was don't get pregnant. Don't get sick. Nobody mm. ever mentioned pleasure mm. or consent or. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or even kind of, brought you the, the problem probably is I don't know whether it's a problem but having a teenage daughter you know and we remember our teenage uh, it becomes also mystical and we we think something and it's frightening just to think it but we we know in our nature it's part of us so we're afraid you know of will it change us and we're having all these con constructs around like what will happen and hear hor horrific stories you know i mean what do people do when they exchange stories they often exchange stories about like somebody had cancer i know somebody who died from it you know and and you, you come out with just for sensational and i think that's what we're thriving on and then that becomes our sex education but be careful not to you know because that's all we can give it's it's very um it should really start much earlier and that's what um, the community I recently kind of came from the yoga health community. This is what we're trying also to bring into our families through self-massage. And I don't mean the kinky kind of self-massage. I mean, just being able to touch yourself and reconnecting to yourself all the time by daily kind of getting in touch with the form that you have, you know, that that is the beginning of understanding sex education to me, you know, that is like, Otherwise, we're so removed from everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a powerful practice just to think about something and, and see where where is that showing up in my body and just put your hand on that spot and breathe. I mean, so much can come up just from that very simple practice. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
on the note of kink, there is um, a book I um, I really liked that was re revealing. You talked about earlier about when you're sitting and you feel a strong emotion coming up and you're allowing it to happen. And this woman, she did, um, she calls it the essential kink. And she, she was taught uh, in a workshop I don't even know what one was a tantric workshop, you know, like to pleasure tickle the clitoris, you know, and to even go through that sense of like, I don't like that, you know, I don't like this and take it in as something that she just experienced instead of to judge it mm. that way. And in that form, she arrived at existential kink, which she is, um, you know she has a manifesto on how we can meet our shadows because the shadows are exactly that we don't like ourselves being seen vulnerable we don't like to to feel that we are not valuable and still we have these emotions and they can't work through our system because we stop them down you know so um, yeah, and that's why she calls it the kink, you know, follow that kink, that weirdest thing, so to speak, to in, in the field of what you're thinking, you know, uh, like, oh, I, I get so turned on about not having money, she would say, you know, until she realizes, you know, she can ha have an orgas orgasm around that here, quotation marks for the listener who doesn't want. Um, and then freeing herself on that perception what money can be or not can be for her so did you feel since you started this new path for you you know engaging with pleasurable sex uh, and nice better sex for you as such did did something shift for you in that way that it kind of opens up an expansion that you hadn't foreseen yes i think for me the biggest shift that came from this was to take personal responsibility. So it started with sex. I was really putting a lot out on my partner. I think I told you this last time, I thought I should hire a coach so that she could teach him how to be a good mm. lover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were there, yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. And when I really, when I really got <clears throat> the idea firmly in my mind that Ple my pleasure is my responsibility. I, it's my responsibility to know where I am in my emotions, where I am in my body, to be able to communicate my needs. That started to spill out into other areas of my life. So I began mm. to take more responsibility for my feelings on all levels. Mm. Um, my relationships with everybody, my parents and my friends, I was able to start seeing where I was outsourcing my power, essentially. Um, and reclaiming it and, and realizing that I have total control over my own thoughts and that it's my thoughts that influence my feelings, that influence my actions. So if I have a feeling that I don't want, it's totally within my power to change my thinking. And that was the most valuable tool, I think, that I've picked up over the last few years, because that means that I now nobody else gets to make me feel anyway <laughs> my yeah. Are my <laughs> yeah we are making ourselves feel how we feel yeah we narrate a story you know we create that story around it when we see an emotion or you know when we 
feel or consciously witness an emotion and then we don't know where to place it so we create a story around it and then it becomes all that yeah totally. and that actually brings up a story that has been coming through my mind recently which is this phrase that's like the phrase is the danger of the passionate woman or the danger of the sexually actuated woman <laughs> because as a at least as an american girl growing up um I was constantly getting the the message that my to be sexually attractive to be sexually available to be interested in sex and to be sexually aware and excited was actually a very dangerous thing for me to do because mm -hmm. if i was in any way sexual i was perhaps inviting assault or rape or being slut shamed or and i yeah. saw it over and over again and you know, a girl would say, hey, this happened to me. And she'd go on, she would go on trial and they would say, well, have you ever had sex with anybody before? Have you ever had sex with him before? Have you ever wanted to have sex? And so the, the message we were constantly getting was if you as a woman show that you like sex, you are asking mm -hmm. to be hurt. <laughs> and yeah. so on some subconscious level, we had to all mask that out of safety for ourselves. And in masking that for the world, I pushed a lot of my, I mean, I, when I started to be, hit puberty, I had a sex drive, just like every other human being. I wanted yeah. to explore, I wanted to touch and be touched. No way was that ever going to be okay amongst my student friends, amongst my teachers, for my parents, for the world. You know, I would have been seen as some aberrant, you know, tragic figure yeah. destined for, the streets you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yes isn't, isn't that hilarious you know isn't that hilarious how we yeah. have them to suppress that desire and that need to that's so instinctively ingrained in us yeah and that we weren't encouraged young kids young boys and girls weren't taught how to be safe and explore each other with pleasure and respect instead it was boys over here girls over here girls don't be sexual boys we get you we get get you you know you, you know you have all these boners just popping up all over the place we'll protect you by making sure the girls dress modestly and you know the whole thing was the messaging we received was really damaging and i see adult women of all ages suffering still from this damage mm. what makes you feel safe then these days to put out a different message maybe right now it's taken a lot of mindset work to be honest <clears throat> it was not something that i was able to just do i had to i had to titrate myself if that makes sense i had to start being visible in a small group of people let my nervous system settle large enlarge in that group <clears throat> and then i worked my way up to social media posting you know talking mm -hmm. about sex on the internet maybe my parents can see you know i had to just each step of the way confront my fear and then work through it and it was a yeah. process it was not an easy thing i didn't just one day wake up and say i'm a sexually activated woman and i'm sharing it with the world this was a, mm. Mm. a process yeah. of safe really yes mindset mm -hmm. you got it yeah and isn't that funny then when you have that mindset how it is so protective 
or yeah. did something bad. I mean, no, I don't want to go down that road because then we would go back to that story thing, you know, but I, yes. yeah, it's, it's a little bit like maybe some people know that around finding the right parking spot for you, you know, like you can, if I think in a busy road, I'm going to find a parking spot before I arrive there, I get one. If I don't think that, and I go into a whole notion of thoughts around, you know, like how busy that road is, and it might take me an extra 10 minutes, that arrives too, you know, thank you, dear system. And um, because Dr. Joe Dispenza, he did a whole lot of uh, work around how we actually are creating what we're thinking. And I think that's what I'm hearing from you say, and maybe also to encourage people who are listening and wanting to step a little bit more out of their fear of, you know, being seen as a sexual person, you know, think mindset, think about what you think is also what you produce. So if you feel safe, you know, or uh, safe and clear with what you want to portray, you know, then you also will encounter scenarios that you can manage that's what i'm saying here you know it's not going to all be rosy but uh, probably but it when we learn to manage that's what i'm hearing you say you know you learn to train yourself the nervous system has to follow the whole you know archaic <laughs> ancestral thing that we're schlepping around you know like has to come along with us of course um yeah yeah, and our nervous system is such a is such an important part of our safety mechanism. You know, it, it's such an important signal for us. And also our nervous system knows about the buried trauma in our bodies, right? So we have to be aware too that our nervous system is sometimes protecting us from things that we don't want to experience. So that if you decide you do want to go into those corners to do it with um, love, compassion, patience, and maybe some support too, if you're yeah. starting to look at things that you are scared of or haven't looked at in a long time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fun. Anything that you want to say to finish the show? Maybe just um, to leave people with the idea that um, it may seem very subversive, but that it's okay to put pleasure first, that pleasure doesn't have to be something that waits until you get all your work done. It doesn't have to be something that you, you know, have to save up money for that you can, in, even in this very moment, you can ask yourself, like, is there any way that in this moment I could feel even like 1% more pleasure? Mm and then just do it. And you can ask yourself that throughout the day and it's mm. a chance for you to just bring a little bit more pleasure into your life and just recalibrate yes. your system. Yes. It's acceptable. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Very orgasmic, yes. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that time flew for me, I hope uh, it did for you too, yes. Yeah, and that I, was That was fun, yeah. And I hope the listener also had fun. And I hope, you know, this, this show is not being banned from the internet because it says orgasm, orgasm, orgasm. <laughs> you know, like if somebody counts along, I don't know <laughs> how many times we said it. But yeah, let's see what, what the internet has to say about that. <laughs> we'll let the internet hold us down. <laughs> <laughs> let the internet hold us down. <laughs>
Thank you, Amanda, for a beautiful Friday afternoon for me. <laughs> morning for me. It's the beginning of my day. I get the whole day now to be orgasmic. <laughs> Great. Right. And thank you, dear listener, for chuckling and listening along. See you on the next show.